I'm just going to jump into it. Welcome to the Clever Kids Podcast. This is episode three. Oh, I want to do something different. You guys introduce yourselves this time. Uh, my name is Tyler, and we're here with... Ryan here. And... And Jeff. Yeah, that doesn't work. We're going to go back to the other way, or I'm going to talk to you guys about it before. But I mean, anyway. Yeah, coach me up on that one next time. We should have a yeah. lot, like an like a order of who's introducing themselves at what point. Yeah, probably. Um all right. Uh, this is a podcast with three brothers talk about the things they're into. Um, that still sounds weird. I need to write something better down. <laughs> but uh, typically that is pop culture in books, comic books, video games. Sometimes Brian talks about sports. Mostly he talks about how much he hates Game of Thrones. And um, yeah, we're going to get right into uh, the things that we've been watching reading or playing this week uh brian do you want to start off this week have you been catching up on anything um actually got ahead on the boys it's kind of cool to know that it actually releases thursday night um so that was cool just watched it then um haven't watched any uh so the boys releases thursday night if you're on the west coast like the three of us are west coast of the united states that's fair yeah it's 9 9 p.m on thursday so it's just cool to watch it the night before i i normally do it's nice to kind of fire it up to to watch that more um really excited to see where that one goes i won't drop any spoilers there but uh haven't watched uh, legend of Korra in a while got to get back to that we've kind of been throwing on a lot more how i met your mother just in the background doing a rewatch on that and just kind of letting that be our background noise as we do chores and stuff um otherwise um we just rewatched year one the other night. Got a good laugh out of that movie. Um, Interesting. You know, still working on my my Pokemon team. Uh, Jeff and I have yet to battle, but it will be epic when it occurs. Um, why? What prompted the How I Met Your Mother rewatch? Were you guys just like looking through Hulu and you're like, oh? No, the guys that do the fantasy football cast uh, uh, podcast with. Um, are really into it are really into it and we will like have a little little group chat where if somebody's watching an episode they'll just text a random uh trivia question and once i I, i've kind of had this thing the last like two years where once i i can't get any of the questions anymore i'm like all right it's time to re-up on this they're like it'll be fresh enough to watch again and and sure enough we've been been really enjoying it that's funny um yeah, I, I did not. I still have not gone back to Legend of Korra. I had the whole day. Kelly went to a birthday party last night, and I could have watched it and chose to work on my motorcycle instead. So, um, Jeff, what have you been getting into since we last talked? Uh, sure. Yesterday, I watched an anime film called Weathering with You, which is a uh, – it's the, there's this uh, film creator named Makoto Shinkai – and uh, he is like taking Japan by storm. He released a film a couple years ago called uh, Your Name Here, or I think it's just called Your Name. And uh, it was like yeah. the highest grossing film in Japan or something like that. I watched it. Everybody was talking about it. I was like, what and the fuck is this? It's, I it's, just thought it was fine. Yeah, it was good. But the visuals, I, I think you'll agree, like some of the visuals were incredible. And Weathering yeah. With You was his sequel. It takes place in the same world, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 
premise of these films is that usually two people are connected through some kind of supernatural power. And it usually mm -hmm. has strong themes of, you know, relationships or love or just familial connection. Um, yeah. And would you uh, recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the uh, soundtracks of the film usually are, are very enjoyable, especially the good payoff moments. And uh, the visuals by themselves are worth watching. I was going to recommend it to you, Tyler, because I know it's almost like watching like a Ridley Scott film, but animated. Uh, Ridley Scott? Yeah, I'm thinking like Blade Runner, like massive. Uh, so super neo-noir? Yeah, I'm just talking about visuals in general. When I think of like incredible visuals, I think of like Ryan Gosling laying on the steps at the end of the movie. You think of, that's Denny Villeneuve, first oh, of all, it? directed that movie. Yeah, but didn't, second of well, all, you think of... The, didn't Ridley Scott <laughs> make the first Blade Runner? He did. Uh, okay, maybe yeah, that's why I thought he, he was did. connected to the first, second one. He is such a... He's such an enigma to me. Because uh, I do like most of his movies. But then every now and then he just has a real shitty movie. <laughs> uh... uh Anyway, um, let's see. Brian, I do have a quick question about uh, some homework that you were supposed to have done. It's like six weeks since we assigned you to read two comic books. Have you read either of them? Yeah, I'll be honest. You gave the homework assignment to the wrong guy. I haven't you fucker. Here, so. It's really not that hard. They take like <laughs> maybe an hour and a half to read all six issues. That's it. I read two this morning. <laughs> two full trades of comic books since I've been up. Well, one of these days, I'm going to randomly pivot the uh, topic of the episode to talk about them and surprise you guys that I actually got it done. Yeah, that's a backdoor uh, episode in. Uh, and I'll make you edit that episode, too. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, what have I been getting into? I've been reading a lot of comic books this week. Um, one called Alabaster. It's from a few years ago. Really, really weird. It's about like an albino girl in the south fighting werewolves and vampires and ghosts because an angel told told her to um it's very much feels to me like a like a modern retelling of joan of arc i mean some of the characters even call her joan of arc in the in the book the, the, so i read the first two volumes this morning both of them are on comiXology unlimited i borrowed them checked them out they're very weird I, I liked it. It's very dark, very like sad and troubling, but also good. I don't know. It's a girl fighting monsters with a kitchen knife. <laughs> and there's a lot of blood and a lot of death and uh, some interesting concepts. Um, oh, and she's like 13 too. And it's just, I don't even know how to explain it aside from that and that it's very strange. Um, and then I uh, have also been checking out a guy named, oh, what is his name? Is Darren. He wrote a new Wonder Woman comic book that people have been raving about. Hold on, I'm going to cut out this pause. Okay, cutting back in. Uh, I've been reading these comics by uh, a creator named Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, he has written some really weird comics he wrote this new comic uh about wonder woman that people have been talking about a lot called wonder woman dead earth which is basically wonder woman uh outlives everyone in the justice league and is now in like an a post-apocalypse and is alone and it's pretty weird 
he not only writes but draws and then not only writes and draws the comics but also does the lettering on them which is weird like he does pretty much he's a one-man comic book team he does all of it and it's really weird um it was really good i really liked it so i went back and i started checking out some of his other stuff and i read this morning <laughs> one called murder falcon um that is basically uh, a guy who, when he shreds on the guitar, he conjures up like a falcon man thing, like this really buff falcon who has like a big giant robot arm. And the more he shreds, <laughs> the more that, that that murder falcon is able to fight giant monsters. <laughs> it was really weird, but I loved it. I thought it was really awesome. Um, there has another one that I'm, I just started called Space Mullet. Which is basically like these like white trash hick space pilots uh, who are like marines. I don't know. It, it's pretty weird too. He's just like an interesting creator um, who does really crazy stuff. And I'm liking it. So anybody who's into comics and likes kind of like strange kind of unique creators, um, give him a shot and uh, check those out. All right. Um, what are we talking about this week? I chose the topic this time, right? So, correct. Um, let's just go into it. I don't know if you guys have lists. I figured this one would be kind of just kind of a conversation about things that we are based on feeling. But, um, and I think Brian's probably going to have the the most to say here since he likes only bad movies. Um, we're talking about movies that are underrated, that we think are underrated, movies that deserve a second watch, even though everyone tells you they're bad. Um, we kind of touched on it last week when we were talking about, uh, Brian brought up the idea of biggest box office bombs and brought up a few movies that, you know, we have soft spots for and no one talked about. And then I watched a movie this week that, uh, I really, really enjoyed. And then afterwards went and checked the reviews and was floored to find out that no one liked it or that it got only bad reviews. I couldn't believe it. Um, so, uh, what, how, I mean, how do you, let's just talk about real quick, like what are some underrated movies or like, what do you guys think? I mean, how, I don't even know how to frame this topic of conversation. I so mean, I, I guess, go I, ahead, I'm going to say it's probably best to start off with one that we're all probably going to consensus agree on. Um, I'm going to throw out Cloud Atlas yeah. right off the bat. Cloud Atlas is one that I think is one that we'll all agree is riveting, highly entertaining, bunch of rewatchability, and for the most part, if you talk to people about it, they're like, wait, really? See, I so I think a common trait that we're going to come across on this in, in movies that we think are underrated, uh, if they're like dramas, it's going to be that they often have convoluted plots that are difficult for people to follow if that makes sense like they can be a little bit too um up their own butt <laughs> for lack of a better phrase just like cloud atlas is very difficult to follow or really understand because it's so many different plot lines and so many different things that you have to be paying attention to if you pay really close attention you realize that they all kind of cross over in ways that you wouldn't expect um but I think a lot of people who were going for just like a fun sci-fi romp were probably like, what the fuck is this? You know? I get where it's confusing. I, my argument was just like 
It's definitely going to be one, I'll admit to anybody watching or listening, it's definitely going to be one where if you're not putting your phone down, if you're having conversations during the movie, you're going to have a bad opinion of the movie at the end of it. You're not going to understand it. I purchased it on our joint Amazon account, like as an actual movie to own and watch. And Anna and I didn't make it through it because she wasn't, she had a phone out and she wasn't paying close attention. And I had even said in the beginning, yo, you're going to want to be paying attention or you're not going to get it and you're not going to enjoy it. Um, but once you really just sit there and pay attention, like it doesn't even take like you getting out a notebook and trying to get out notes, but it's just really just paying attention and kind of allowing yourself to, to grasp like, you know, the different nuances of, of like the different stories, you start to understand the, uh, what ties them together and then you're just hooked. And I, I think it's, it's super compelling in that fashion. I think it's a really masterful way, uh, excuse me, masterful way of telling a story and yet a lot of people are going to miss it because a lot of people watch movies casually and that's just one you're going to have to really pay attention on. Yeah, plus it has one of the best death scenes in any movie that Tom Hanks hucks that dude, dude off yeah. a building. <laughs> Felix, just, I remember the three bitch. of us the three of us being in the theaters and just all of us going, oh, shit, with the body. It oh, does not so shy good. away from showing that body just explode. So good. So <laughs> it's good. so funny. Um, yeah, I think Cloud Atlas is great. I, I think also um, a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people, that might have been one of the last straws for the Wachowski uh, siblings. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say this about it. I, I did a little bit more research uh on it on rotten tomatoes um it's the highest by far the highest rated movie i put on my little list of i've got four movies to debate here but um it's by far the highest it has 67 percent on rotten tomatoes so just under that's their, not bad that's generally favorable just right? that's... under there well i think they give it a fresh rating if it's over 70 or 70 oh, okay. something so it it did you know shows rotten but at the same time uh about as close to fresh as you can get without making it uh fan rating uh, was the was the one uh, was the closest to the critic rating that I had seen um, was at sixty six percent so just one percent lower and I think that was mainly because and it's actually the only one I have that isn't higher um, and I think it's because it was just confusing the people that weren't paying attention. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think that a lot of well, and I think a lot of people probably went thinking it was going to be like the Matrix and be like you know this kind of coherent single storyline that was just going to be like okay if I just follow what this guy's doing and then it's just like also you you come across the there is a significant there is a very serious issue where they put a lot of characters in yellow face which is not okay i do not think that that's okay but it doesn't take away from the fact that they did that and then the movie is still okay you know like it's still a, if you're going for the plot line um you know i mean i you almost feel like the storyline allowed for it i guess i don't know I think that that the story, like I feel like they took, like I feel like most of the, the storylines that they follow in, in Cloud Atlas are, are generally enjoyable. I feel like there's some where they just took too big of a risk, like Tom Hanks when he's walking around talking about the true true, and it's just like, all right, I, I can understand why someone could walk away from this film and be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I love definitely. the film, but at the same time, like they took some pretty big risks at times, and it was like, yeah. Uh, big swings, very, right. but, very, very big swings. But you're going to hear me say this a couple of different times, visually appealing, stylistically True. appealing. The acting I thought was top notch. The storyline was top notch. Uh, you just got to pay attention and you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's honestly, I would make the same argument for Inception, although that one succeeded more be, or was more favorable to people because Leonardo DiCaprio is just amazing. So 
You know, you this think one, it was Leo that made that movie? I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, right? Yeah, no. I th- well, yeah, and and I think it was. It, I don't know. I think the, I compare those uh, two movies very favorably to each other um, because I think they're two complex storylines with damn good acting cast, really visually stunning. Um, I I I love both those movies. I would argue those are both top ten films for me. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, I, it looks like it came in under that uh, fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's so interesting. Probably because of how complex the story was. Yeah, it has to be that. It has to be. Um, all right, uh, Jeff, you got one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Brian will have ever heard of this film. Brian, have you ever heard the movie Treasure Planet? Yeah, I've seen that movie, the cartoon. Yeah, film. Tyler. Is Matt Damon the? It's not Matt Damon. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But um... oh, is that right? Yeah, Matt Damon's in a different film called... Did you just say Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, we're not getting into this, so... Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah, we are. No, we're we're not. not letting you go by. What? <laughs> anyway, Brian, explain, explain it. Explain for, it, Brian. For explain the last, it. Jump in, jump in. I'm for the last jump. decade of <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt's, you know, kind of emergence as a great actor in Hollywood, my younger brother Jeff here has adamantly argued that his name is Joseph Gordon Levy and you don't pronounce the T's and Tyler and I have just been arguing with him until we're blue in the face that it's Joseph Gordon Levitt and he just let slip how to pronounce it correctly. I rest my case. How dare you, sir? How dare you try to just walk that past us? I, I don't remember ever referring to his name as anything else, but Joseph Gordon Levitt okay. is, is the uh, main character in that film. Anyway, um, the, the movie, like, it's an interesting thing that it's got really high ratings from the people that have seen it, but it, like, failed ultimately. I, I think it's ultimately, it was $130 million to produce the film, and it only made 106 back. So it lost money on its worldwide box office. Um, and, it, and, like, I've watched videos because I really, really like that movie. And uh, it was all because Disney, like, failed to market, like, basically the people who created the film were then, like, fired after it was made and so then it was a different marketing team and the people who controlled disney after that were like yeah we don't care about this film and so they just put together like a very blanket small marketing budget and just didn't set the film up to succeed and then it was a fun one in the uh it'd be a fun one in the gardens of the galaxy mode uh mold i think they really showed a fun way to like do a space movie yeah and you like know, the where fact you just that it's embrace how different everything would be if there really was like a um, biological explosion you know, across the galaxy, like just how diverse and how interesting everything would be. I think they do a, a really cool job with their like color palettes in that movie. You know, I, that would be a fun one for Treasure Planet if, if they could do something similar. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. I think that, I mean, uh, also, I mean, it's who wrote it? Edgar Rice Burroughs? No, is he who wrote? It's, it's Stevenson, something Louis Stevenson. Oh, uh, yeah. Robert, that's Robert right. Louis Stevenson. That's right. And he wrote Treasure Island, which yeah. is widely considered one of the great, um, you know, Book. novels of all time. And it is good. Um, but they kind of tried to modernize it and make it into like this space pirate adventure. And I thought it worked. I think I watched it recently and thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, enjoy it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember liking it. For sure. Cool. We're all in agreement there. And actually, I'm going to jump in with another one because I feel like it's perfect to follow up this one with. When you're talking about ones that cost a lot of money to produce and then were a bomb, I'm going to dive right into what is seen as probably the biggest bomb of all time just based on like a profit standpoint. 
uh, Waterworld, I think, is highly underrated. Um, and this will create some debate because I don't think either of these guys agree with me. Uh, no, both, I, I actually genuinely right? agree. I actually love that movie. Really? Against all odds. Yeah, I, I thought think you were really going to hate good. on me. <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's really good. I don't know. I, I, I maybe yeah. dad showed it to us when I was just at like a, a young enough age that like I has I have like a very – It's like, shocking. It's up there for me with the like the very first Mad Max, which everybody thinks is the worst of the Mad Max movies, but I like it a lot. Like I don't understand why everyone yeah. hates that one. Yeah. I think it's I, good. I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's um, it's Waterworld. I think from a um, storyline standpoint, is fascinating. The concept of you know the world being kind of you know succumbing to the water and and land being this like almost like a myth because we've lived in the water so long and like. This guy like has biologically evolved to have gills and webbed feet. Like, it's I, I think it's fascinating. I, the other thing, like going in even deeper into like character development, like he is like your typical like I don't want to be a hero, but I keep getting forced into he the hero role. And I, I just think that it's it's a fun character to kind of like you know delve into because like no matter what he does to try to avoid it like he don't got a choice you're the hero sorry dude and like he just keeps trying to be like this lone wolf and it's just not happening and like i think it's fascinating i think the it, for a movie made in 1995 i think the costumes hold up i think the scene hold or the the settings hold up i, I, I the the storyline with you know like i said global warming is is absolutely fascinating um i i, I enjoy that movie every time it's on i'll, I'll leave it on I think the issue comes from how much of a passion project it was for um, Kevin Costner. Uh, I think that he really, 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 really wanted to make it work. And people just kept telling him, this isn't going to work. It's too expensive. And like the way that they had to film it, it was basically the problem. Right. And it went way over budget. It took way extra time. Um, and then when it came out, people were like, he spent all this money and all this time to make this. It's just Mad Max on the water, which I maintain is good. I like Mad Max a lot. I like all Mad Max, like the theory. I like that kind of post-apocalypse shit that's not about zombies, you know? Yeah. I think that that's... Uh, yeah, or, or new I think it's interesting to think of, like, what how societies will form, um, you know, once, once it inevitably crumbles, honestly... It's become something of a, an obsession for me recently. So, um, you know, which I'm not going to get into right now, but I like Waterworld a lot. And I agree that it is one of those movies that when people talk about it being like bad, I don't, I just don't understand it. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings on that one, just to stay consistent here, 46% uh, critic rating. 43% fan rating. Actually, so I was wrong. There is That is the second one where the fans were actually even lower than the critics on that one, but um, definitely was uh, listed as a stinker, um, I think, unjustifiably. Yeah. I don't necessarily... Yeah, I don't... I don't disagree on that one. Um, I've, got, I've got two more on my list, but do you guys have another one that you, uh, you want to throw out there? Yeah, I do. Jeff, do you have another one? I, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't do the Rotten Tomatoes thing, so I want to quickly look up the, these ones that I have over here. Sure. Um, so one of the ones that uh, I think is funny that the fans, the critics absolutely hated, and I agree. I'm sure there's people that, if they're listening, um, will agree that this movie, like, I feel like it's controversial. Kung Pao. 
Like, no one has seen that film, and we love the shit out of it. Um, it's extremely stupid. We understand that it's not, like, super quality, but it's still, like, as far as what it tries to achieve is not being a serious film of just being ridiculously over-the-top stupid. It achieves that goal, and it is hysterical. It's hmm. critics rating on uh, IMDb, or Rotten Tomatoes, is 13%. Oh, Metacritic is which for which movie? Kung I'm Pao. sorry. Oh wow! I mean that movie is very funny, but um, it's probably not okay. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's probably super racist. I mean, no, it's definitely super <laughs> racist. It's one of the most racist movies on the planet. I think probably it's probably one of the most racist movies since like Birth of a Nation or something, which is that movie that is in support of the KKK <laughs> from like 1937 or something. Um, it's pretty bad, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, when we were kids. I quoted like every single line of that movie and I don't even know how many times I've seen it. I thought it was so funny, but I haven't seen it in a very, I, I mean, I genuinely don't even remember Jeff. I think you came to the theaters with me to see it. No, I wasn't you allowed like, to. You, you guys went and saw it and I think I had to go see snow dogs with mom and dad. Cause you, I wasn't allowed. Mom and dad went okay. So it was together. Brian that came with me. <laughs> I think and Kevin, I remember. And I think Kevin was there too. I think the three yeah, of you yeah. went and I was pissed off because I couldn't go. Yeah, I mean, well, if it's any indication here, I mean, I just looked it up myself. 13% critics rating, but 69% audience score fan rating. Okay. So well, I see, think that's, that's not bad. That's a pretty good indicator that uh, if you watch it, you're going to laugh. You know what I mean? It's, it's that, you know, you don't go to it for the in depth storyline. You go to it to that movie to laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that score, I, I haven't seen one that extremely off from the critics to the fans, but. I can see where the critics would burn it and the fans would love it. So I got a big one. I got a big one here. I'm going to jump into my first one. Um, I, Kelly and I, I was, I'm bummed that I, I'm still really bummed that I haven't been able to get to the theater to see Tenet because none of the theaters in Portland uh, are yeah, dying open to see yet. that. Dying it's, to see that. It's like crushing me. And I, I saw a list that was like, if you, if you're in an area where you can't see Tenet, watch one of these movies. And so I looked through the list and I wrote down some big options and I watched three of them. And the and two of them were okay, but one of them was really good. And that movie was called uh, The 13th Floor. I rented it on Amazon. I should have told you guys to watch it. I didn't. But it, this is what made me think of this topic. Um, Brian, can you pull it up on Rotten Tomatoes real quick while I talk about it? The 13th, um, 13th Floor. The, yeah. Um, it's from 1999, and it has a very similar movie prem or, uh, premise to... Uh, another very famous movie that we actually already talked about uh, from 1999. Basically, it's about finding out that you live in a simulation. Can anyone think of what that other movie might be? The Matrix. That's right. It's The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix completely buried this movie in like its popularity. But what I watched this and was like, oh, this is really good. It's very much like it feels like an early Christopher Nolan movie. Like if he hasn't quite found his footing yet, but it's got like all the same kind of trappings as he does. Also, it's sort of like a noir, like mystery detective type story. Um, try like a man is murdered and you're trying to find out who committed the murder. And um, Brian, what is the so I at the end of the movie, I was like, this movie's great. I love this movie. I need to tell my brothers about it. I thought it was so fun. Brian, what is the Rotten Tomato score on this movie? Thirty percent 
with an audience score of 64%. And I think, again, having such a disparity between those two scores really tells you, like, the critics, you know, were they just way too hard after on it. after this movie. Yeah, we're Did... way too hard on it versus, like, the audience that was, like, actually, just at face value, this is good, you know? It is, it's genuinely, like, if you like, like, this is the movie that if you like Christopher Nolan movies, this is definitely, like, up there. It's by a no-name director from, like, Russia who never did, like, anything else in America. And I don't, like, I just, I don't understand it. Because I think that not only is the movie good, but, like, they were on to something interesting. Like, they were doing something interesting, and I would have liked to have seen this world maybe even expanded in, like, a sequel. More so, like, I, I've i never seen the Matrix sequels two or three because i think the first movie is so perfect that i'm afraid of ruining it for myself <laughs> like i'm genuinely like i don't want to watch like a bad version of wait, this wait, wait, wait. you I just think say it's you've never much. seen matrix two or three is that what i just heard yeah i haven't I, I wow watch it. i i just you know i i would say it's worth watching them just to kind of find out how the story i'm afraid <laughs> i'm too afraid it doesn't ruin I, number one for me I, like i, I, I know other movies that have done that but it doesn't ruin number one for me I can rewatch uh, the Matrix, the first part. I've seen it like pretty. I watch it like pretty much annually. Like I love that movie. I think it's one of the most perfect movies ever made. But everybody after the second one came out was just like, uh... and then the third one came out, and they came out in the same year. I don't know if you remember that, but one came out in like February, and the other one came out in like December. So they did two sequels in one year, and everybody was just kind of like, "These are shit. Like these are really bad," and. I just never got around to seeing them that year because I was, you know, I don't even know what I was doing, but I wasn't going and seeing the Matrix sequels. Like, I think I was probably um, around the time that I got really into indie cinema and was, like, too cool for mainstream action cinema or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just, I never saw them, and now I'm afraid. <laughs> but they are doing a Matrix 4 right now. Yeah, you gotta, you're so going to have to watch like those, I have to. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have to watch those. I, I think they're entertaining. I, again, they're not anywhere near the quality of the first one. I think it was just such a good standalone story, but I think it's worth it just to find out what happens. You understand there are going to be moments of really crappy CGI. There's going to be moments of crappy, uh, <clears throat> you know, whatever. But, you know, it's. I think it's still worth it, and I don't think it ruins number one at all. Yeah, I I mean, I'll, I will watch them. I mean, the, the fourth one's got my boy Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, which is uh, the guy who played uh, Black Manta in the Aquaman movie and uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen series. And I like that dude a lot. I don't know. There's something about him. He, 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 he's got his foot or he's got his finger on the trigger or whatever for me. Um, I like pretty much everything I've seen him do. I think he's really funny and really talented as well. Um, so I'm excited to see him, what they do with him in the matrix four. And, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch him, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about um, the Thirteenth Floor. It's really good. I can't believe it. Like when I read it, the I think what it is is it came out in '99, and it does sort of have a complex story where you're like, oh, so you can go into a computer game and it's like a simulation of a world, but it's only like one city and like if you let someone into that, like you get in there and then you, someone finds out that they're one of those simulations finds out that they're a simulation, they're gonna have a problem, and then they're gonna they're gonna become a killer, like a murderer, basically. And it's like this crazy thing. But basically, all the reviews say 
uh, the, it's an overly complex plot and uh, it's confusing and no one would be able to follow this. And I think it's just that it came out in 1999 because it's not any more complex than Inception, which is a movie that everybody likes, right? It's, it's less complex than The Prestige, another movie that everybody likes, right? Like, it's, it's not as complex as those, but because it came out before 2000, I think we were just in an innocent, a more innocent time, and the world just wasn't ready for it. Um, but we can move on. I do have another one since you guys have already done two or both done two. Is it okay if I jump in with mine? Because I think this is one that we all agree with. Um, Warcraft. Warcraft was a big one for me. Um, it got a bad, it got bad reviews and did really poorly at the box office. It's the so movie I with not... uh, Ragnar from Vikings. Though? yeah yeah exactly huh. um and then I, I didn't go see it in the theaters because of how bad of reviews it got and then it came out and i think they put it on hbo maybe or something and i watched it and the whole time i was like this is a good movie like i'm really like i really like this i'm following all the characters i think the cgi like i mean it's too much cgi like no movie should have that much cgi but for like the cgi that they did use looks good at every moment i thought like i thought it looked great the whole time there was no that's, part that i was like oh that's that bad. is a that is a twist and let me just say to anyone listening you know this guy is and I'm referring to tyler here is is very much in depth on storyline in depth on character development i tend to be more take things at face value and, and just kind of enjoy it for what it is but i will say i don't remember this movie being anything that moved the needle for me i went and saw it in theaters i remember it being yeah, entertaining for what it was what's that we saw it together and yeah, we didn't like, like I, it at all. I remember it being somewhat entertaining for what it was, but I kind of treated it like Transformers where I'm not going there to like get my mind blown by the acting. I'm just going to watch a bunch of dudes, you know, swinging swords at each other. Um, looking at its Rotten Tomato score, 28% by critics, 76% by fans. I mean, yes, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. The, the thing that upset me from walking that's away from a the big theater discrepancy. was they – it was just a, a movie to service just the fans. Like it, there was no way to really comprehend what was happening if you hadn't played the game. I thought it was. Going I haven't to be like played a, the game. I know. Yeah, and I, I haven't have played either. the games. I thought it was good. We walked I away from that film. Like, I get it. <laughs> we walked away from that film, and it was just like, who the fuck were half of those characters? Like there was just points where they'd be like, oh look, it's yeah. Prince Sigmar, and it was like, okay, who the fuck? And then he never shows up again, and it's like, okay, that was just some weird five second name drop that's gonna make some fan cre- cream his pants, and. Like, I don't Jeff, know who they the do the is. same fucking thing in all the Marvel movies that you fucking masturbate to, dude. Like, but all when... of those characters have a payoff later on. Yeah, when they name drop Doctor Strange in uh, uh, the second Captain America Soldier. film, yeah. they brought Doctor Strange in. They actually had plans for yeah, Brady. But universe. hold on. In that film, they say, we're looking at anyone who poses a threat. Blah, blah, blah. Stephen Strange. Blah, blah, blah. And then when they talk about Stephen Strange, but at that point in time, Stephen Strange would not have been a, a wizard. So they made a mistake there. So that's Why? not really paying off. Well, no, he was Hydra was really killing absolutely surgeon. everyone. Yeah, he's just a badass surgeon. He was surgeon a really good doctor. And Hydra watching. was killing everyone. Their algorithm yeah. was was Dumb. to kill everyone. But why would, they, why would he just say his name out loud? If See, you're... 
you're you're being picky because it's a universe that you don't care about. You whatever, Jeff. You're wrong. This movie is underrated. The fans agree with I'm me. I'm gonna have to rewatch it because I don't remember this thing blowing my mind in any way. And it seems like the movie that I would have thrown up and not one of you. So I'm I'm kind of confused about what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, we fell into a parallel dimension. I'm forgiving today. I don't know. Maybe it's because the sun's out for the first time. I'm actually going to throw out as well. Like, don't brace yourselves for any mention of Expendables or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not putting any of those on my list today. Uh, I'm wondering if there's one specific one that I constantly am arguing with you about that I'm, I'd am i be interested to see if it made well, your I'm list. Well, I'm sure it's a top five film, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but Brian? real quick on Warcraft, I had no pro problem. Like, I read some of the reviews before this, and... Uh, uh, I had no problem um, following, like, any of the storyline. I understood who all the characters were. I understood every character's motivation. I mean, honestly, the main pitfall for me was, the act, like, the human characters. Like, I thought the orc stuff was all cool. Like, I thought it all worked. It was really interesting. I could have just watched the whole movie about them. Um, so, anyway, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, Brian, I think it's your turn to do one, the next one. Okay. I am going to... Um, put a stake in for the movie, uh, the 2011 film In Time with Justin Timberlake. Interesting. I thought that movie was actually really good. I, I'm just going to double down here. I, I, I thought it was stylistically stunning. Um, you know, I thought um, it has really good themes of like, you know, politics and the rich staying rich and people having a, a predetermined role in society that they can't break out of. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, uh, the concept is in the future, uh, you stop aging once you hit like the age of 25 or 30 or something like that. Like you just stay like in your prime essentially. And then a timer starts on your arm and, and it's like a, it's almost like an LED, LED light that's like visible on your forearm. Um, and it's, it's a, a year timer and you can add time to your time or it, it could run out and you die. Um, and essentially rich people walk around and they have like hundreds of years on their arm and they're just essentially immortal, uh, living in their prime for hundreds of years. And then poor people are living, literally living like day to day. They'll have like six hours on their time or on their arm at a time. And, you know, if they don't manage to get more time, they die. If, when you go to work, you get paid in more time. You'll get like, you know, another day put on your arm for every, you know, day that you work. And when you pay for your coffee, you pay for it with five minutes of your time. There's no like monetary exchange outside of the time on your arm. And I just think it's a fascinating concept because, you know, really it's, it's alluding to modern day where yeah, we're working for the paper that we put in our wallet, but realistically uh, it's just that concept of people living day to day versus other people that are living in so much luxury that they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, making ends meet and they don't have to worry about the stresses that, you know, people in lower classes do. And it's just, I just thought, I just thought it was a really fascinating concept. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going to make a, a strong argument for Justin Timberlake being some incredibly underrated actor. I thought he was fine. I don't think he, anything that he did took away from the role. Um, I definitely think there could be more, um, you know, from a standpoint of your kind of main actor kind of bringing something out of that role. Uh, but I will say the storyline, the concept itself was absolutely fascinating. And I thought stylistically really appealing. It's a good movie to watch. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to uh, harp on this too much, but I am very firmly on the side of the critics on this one. I do not <laughs> think that that's a good movie at all. I remember watching that movie with a girl 
that I was on a date with in college. It was the first time I'd been to the movie theaters in like three years. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is why I don't go to the movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that movie was not good at all. So I, I don't have anything positive to say about it. But I, I definitely think that there's like some undertones of them trying to like, I don't know, drum up like Justin Timberlake being like suave, you know, and like, that could have been downplay. They could have had a you know somebody who's a little bit more, I don't know, yeah, I think I, just different. I don't know which way you could take it, but it, there's definitely something in there about him just like being like completely in the driver's seat in every situation where it felt like you could have had somebody that almost like was losing control of situations a little bit more. Um, but that's just a small critique. I think overall, I, I just thought the concept of I mean the know, concept living, living day by day, literally living day by day, was just fascinating. Yeah, the the concept and and the the metaphor. Um, for for you know to, to our capitalistic society is, is definitely fascinating it, you just have to be able to accept the fact that at some point they cured aging and then we're like we've made a huge mistake <laughs> um i don't know it doesn't really like that that part of it is just like huh let's just implant bombs in people and murder them <laughs> like once you get past the fact that as a government they just decided to do that and the ramifications of one country implementing that aspect and what that would mean for a global economy probably wouldn't work out in the long run but for a small analysis it works like it's instead of change in in a bottle that makes sense but yeah like how does the whole world economy i don't know know. like you can get super deep into it but then again i could turn around and start arguing that about the purge as well like those moves like how does that work? We all just murder each other all night long, and then the next day we're all just good again. Like, that just doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense to me. Like, but at the same time, hey neighbor, those I almost got you. <laughs> uh, see you next year. Yeah, don't forget <laughs> to pay your taxes. Like, it's just crazy to me. Like, I just like that. That is a concept that I am willing to accept because I enjoy the movie. But at the same time, when you really stop and think about it, you're like, wait, how does that work again? Like, I just hacked off this dude's, you're like, killed this dude's whole family. And the next day, like, he and I just go back to the office together. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me from a standpoint. Like, just like a concept of like, oh, yeah, it's really got the crime rates down. People are getting their aggression out in one night. What do you mean? I just killed this guy's wife. He's not feeling aggressive the next day. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about, what about trauma, too? Like, for the people that aren't even, like, super violent crimes, what about, like, just sexual crimes, like rape? And it's like... Is there just trauma, like yeah. government-assisted trauma yeah. counseling for all, all of the women? Yeah, they just act targeting? like everyone's like, oh, he got it out of his system. We're good, you know? And it's like, no. And so, like, the entire thing I get where you can, like, pick holes in it from a standpoint of, like, how does that make actual sense? But I think it's just more you got to kind of keep it at the concept of living that's day by day versus a what guy said that's was, got a billion years on his arm, you know? Yeah, I said the movie's entertaining if you can accept the fact that this thing just happened and was implemented. But, yeah. Uh, what's next? Is it my turn to pick one? Uh, yeah, Jeff, go ahead. I mean, this one, I, I would say, I'm just going off like the critic score so far, but and, and this one, I, I probably won't talk about too much uh, because it's just Rotten Tomatoes. So the Rotten Tomatoes score of this film is 39%. The Metacritic score is 63%. The movie is Kingdom of Heaven. Didn't we just talk about this movie the other day? And yeah, I, I, I had seen something on Reddit uh, where someone said, the director's cut was uh, readily available on YouTube. So I sat down and watched it while I was uh, working on some stuff in my home office. And I thought it was really good. Yeah. That's another movie that I never had a problem with. I always liked it. But I also really like, you know, Sword and Sandals and 
giant choreographed sword fighting battles and stuff like that and Orlando Bloom <laughs> I guess I don't know sliding down the stairs on the shield with the yeah. air flowing yeah I don't know I thought that I liked that movie quite a bit um, right off the bat but I do understand why people don't like it I have read like critic critical reviews of it and thought that um, that uh that it was always good. I mean, Brian, I know that you just watched it. Yeah, um, the, the only thing I would say, and this is just from uh, just my personal taste, like I, I was the only thing that I wished I had more of in that film was uh, Liam Neeson's like team of just ultimate badasses from different cultures. You only get one fight out of those guys. You know, like he's got this giant beastly Viking that takes an arrow through the neck and he's just like taking dudes down for a few more minutes while he's slowly dying. dying. He's got this like, like, you know, Saracen Saracen badass badass with this this curved sword that's just got crazy ornate, you know, armor, like doing crazy things on a horse. Like, you know, he's got his like typical, I don't know the name of the guy, but he's in a ton of different things as a supporting character. He's got his, he's the one that survives the fight. He does that kind of cool like side saddle thing where he allows the horse to like protect him in that fight. Like those guys were just super beast mode and yet most of them die in like the first 20 minutes of the film. Sorry for the reveal if you haven't seen it, people. But um, and like and I get where the storyline wasn't about them, but I was kind of I, I just remember seeing those guys and being like, dang, it sucks that all these guys drop early because like in this fight in the beginning, because I would have liked to have seen them be more involved in later fights. But other than that, I don't have any criticisms of the movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was it was cool messaging. Uh, Honestly, you don't know, even know if that movie's underrated. What is the Rotten Tomato score? Thirty nine percent. Okay, that's definitely underrated by the critics. Yeah. Wait, what, what did you say the audience was, Jeff? The ninety percent for the audience. Most of the films yeah, see, they have I mean, are are audience loved, but critic critic hated, which I would still consider them underrated if the critics are like. Yeah, short. I mean they're the ones actually giving ratings, right? right. So I mean that's fine. Well, and um, I would say this: the director's cut made way more sense. There's just things that they put into the the director's cut. It's probably always going to be the case, but um, there's just things that they put into that that version that I was like, oh, I kind of get where they, you know, those two kind of had that that relationship, whether good or bad, or I kind of get where, you know, they made this decision based off of this scene that wasn't in the, you know, the theatrical version or whatever. Um, so definitely would recommend, just pull it up for free on YouTube, fire it up on your TV, uh, watch the director's cut over the theatrical edition. Yeah, I mean, I like both. I've seen both, and I think they're both good. Um, I, uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't. There, real quick, that's Ridley Scott uh, who did that. I do want to quickly bring up my next one there, um, being uh, Blade Runner, which uh, is one that we don't have to talk about because I think it's pretty widely known that it's you know if it falls into that critics or into that category quite often. It's often on people's like top top of their most underrated lists. Um, but uh, I do want to say that I completely understand why people don't like it. Um, first of all, there are so many versions of it, um, that, uh, that it's kind of hard to find. Like there's no real definitive version, but I have always thought it was a good movie, mostly because I like the world. Um, and that's all I really have to say about it is just, I think it's, I, you know, I want to also throw my hat in that. I think it's underrated. I guess I just wanted to say, I agree. I, I will say this about Blade Runner very briefly. I, uh, was less hooked on it than I thought I would be. Love Harrison cool. Ford. I, I love, you know, futuristic stuff. But I, for some reason, I just thought it moved really freaking slow. 
Mm-hmm. It is yeah. slow. It is slow. You have to be prepared for like a very slow kind of plotting. It's a sci-fi movie with almost no action until the very last yeah. scene. And I was just like, woo! Like I, like half hour and a half into it, I was just like, well, I mean, man, it's I'm just, having a hard time sticking in this. It's such a subtle look at, you know, the question of what it, what it is to be human. Of, mm-hmm. of what exactly, you know, constitutes being alive or, or deserving existence. Like, there's, you know, that's the whole point of these two. I think it's Brooker Howard at the end where he's just like, dude, I've had experiences too. <laughs> Why don't I get to deserve to, to continue to live? Um, yeah, which is awesome. I, I mean, I think that's great. Um, real quick, while we're on that, though, I do just want to burn a couple just right off the bat. Um, Fight Club got really bad reviews when it first released. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, that one's like universally beloved now, though. I Like, I, yeah. I get where initially whatever, but like at this point, it's not underrated by people by any means, I don't think. I would make the same sure. argument for Blade Runner, but continue. Um, I mean, that's, 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 that's really it. And then there's the, the biggest, I think probably, uh, underrated movie of all time. That is now probably the most overrated movie. It's completely swung around citizen came. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about it, but it was written. I mean, it, it's a movie about essentially William Randolph Hearst, um, and kind of with the newspaper guy. Yes, exactly. So it's about a newspaper great newspaper magnate who is on his deathbed and he's kind of rambling and it kind of goes through his life to kind of show where he kind of made mistakes and went wrong and kind of valued the wrong things and turns out all he really wanted was to reclaim his childhood that's that's what you find out at the end of the movie um and the Hearst family who owned most of the newspapers in the country at the time uh basically buried that film released only horrible reviews so that nobody would see it and so nobody saw it and then people went back years 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 later and actually watched it and were like oh this movie was extremely way ahead of its time how could it have gotten so many bad reviews and then they found out that it was like a smear campaign by someone who or the family that didn't want you know their their ancestor you know represented that way on film you know in a non glowing light so they buried the movie um, and now it's consi- widely considered like, oh, have you seen Citizen Kane? It's, you know, that pretentious, let me turn my nose up at you. Well, and I, it is. it's a very, very easy very, answer. Very I have not seen it, so. It's very good. It's very old, but it's very good. Uh, they do some very, Orson Welles uh, and the cinematographer, whose name is escaping me right now, did some extremely interesting things with camera movement um, that were just not happening at the time. Yeah, they, they um, it's also one of the most- techniques. Yes, exactly. Um, they influence a lot of modern day cinematographers. Almost all of them say that Citizen Kane is the movie um, that made them want to become, you know, cinematographers and shoot film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, there's a reason that it's considered the greatest movie of all time. But I just wanted to quickly say it's also, you know, while we're talking about underrated movies, it, you know, it, it that, was original. It deserves sure. to be mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even go a step further. Like, there's so many things. Like, the, the thing about that film that made it advance so that made it so popular when it finally did make it to the light of day was it wasn't just one area where they were like, oh, let's enhance cinematography. Like Orson Welles was originally a stage director. He did plays, like actual physical, you know, um, plays. And so he took into cinema the concept of using makeup instead of uh, to instead of hiring different actors to play this character throughout most of his life they hired one actor and used his makeup to make him look younger and older 
which was the first time that it had ever been done. Jeff, did your microphone turn off? Yeah, it looks like it. Okay. Can you get it back on? Yeah. While he's doing that, I could throw out one more, my last one on my list, um, if that works for you guys, or if you guys want to, Tyler, if you got one. Uh, no, I, th I pretty much just, I, I did those two that I had that were my big ones, and then I just wanted to kind of quickly say, yes, we are, like, I wanted to get the ones out that in case anyone ever listens and they want to tweet us and be like, oh, can you not say Fight Club and Blade Runner? You know, I wanted to get out in front of that. So. Yeah, I've only got one more. Jeff, do you have any others? I do while I fix the, the microphone. I think this is one that Tyler will disagree on that Brian and I both enjoy. Well, let, 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 let Brian, Jeff, let Brian do his while you get your microphone <laughs> back on. I'll be, I'll very much enjoy diving into that one, but I'll just do mine real quick because it won't take long. I put down Kingpin um, as a film to discuss here. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score was very unforgiving. They gave it like a 50%. The fan rating was up towards 70%. Um, and really, I mean, Woody Harrelson, I think, is a fantastic actor. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, very, under just very understated. Screw. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say very understated comedian for Woody Harrelson. But Bill Murray, it's my favorite role of his uh, in anything, bar none. Uh, Ernie McCracken is comedy gold in that one. I, to this day, <laughs> when I think of Bill Murray, I think of him with that over, like home over just going freaking nuts as he's like rocking out to his victory on the bowling alley like it is absolutely hilarious it's an all-time role uh the film itself just to give a little context uh woody harrelson is like a former pro bowler who um is like you know he got injured way past his prime and he basically finds this amish guy who's got like this natural ability to be a bowler and he starts like training him up and basically, he eventually goes up against the, the guy who's kind of on top of the bowling world at the time, Ernie McCracken, who is just hysterical. But he's just it's Bill Murray playing like a total like chauvinistic asshole. And the way he does it is just pure. It's gold. Bill Murray playing a heightened version of Bill Murray. It is so funny, man. It is. It is. Seriously We're timeless. Uh, I showed that movie to Kelly, I think last year. And I, there's so many parts about that. Like, I always think about the part where he's the way his bowling stance, the way he like puts his arm out all silly. And like, I think of those things, but like, I had totally, uh, Jeff, I, I think we can hear you now. Um, <laughs> uh, I had completely forgotten about like the commercials, like his commercials that are playing throughout the whole movie. Like every time they're in a diner or something, they see one of his commercials where it's just like a woman with like, a very low cut top and her yeah, tits some just like gorgeous, in his face. Some gorgeous young single mom and he's just like <laughs> hugging them. Yeah, and like, super yeah, inappropriate. Clearly, like he's having sex with these women. <laughs> yeah, and Woody, and, and and the like, whole point, the whole humor around his character is that Woody Harrelson gets like, you know, basically his life ruined by him. And then like Ernie McCracken is just like basically showing him that like incredible life of like the guy that's on top. And like Woody Harrelson's just miserable, like this forgotten nobody that's like they can't do it himself, and like he's just watching Ernie like reaping all the fame, and it's just done in a way that is so funny. Oh, we're so gonna funny. spoil some bits real quick. I gotta mention again the, the, the part where at the end, after Woody Harrelson loses the big match, and he goes to shake over his hand. Yeah, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> just for context, has a has a wooden or a rubber hand. And uh, from Murray an injury shakes it and pulls it off and then just screams and throws it into the crowd <laughs> instead <laughs> of giving it back <laughs> it is very funny yeah 
That's just the way he does it, where he's like, oh my god, and he just like throws the hand. Chucks it. And yeah. Woody's just sitting there without a hand, like, really? He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, is, it is comedy gold. Trust me, whether you're young, whether yeah. you're old, or whether you're sitting with a group of both, everyone would enjoy that one and just die laughing at Bill Murray in that one. So Real funny. quick, if we are going to mention comedies, because I think comedies often get savaged by critics, because I think a lot of critics just don't like... Or Focusing like, don't, on like, just the humor, yeah. They're not, they're, or like their, their sense of humor is different or whatever. Um, Anchorman is another one that like the first one that, that when it came out, people fucked up and gave that like terrible reviews. And then when the sec and they were like, oh shit. And then the second one came out and they gave it incredible reviews. And then everybody hated the second one's the second terrible. One. The second one's yeah, terrible. The thing is the second, I think that what it was is they were like, oh, we must've missed something with the first one that everyone liked. So now we have another option, another chance. And so they rated it really well. And then everyone's like, nope, wrong again. <laughs> because yeah, Gosh. it is bad. But that first one is, that's another great comedy that uh, got really bad reviews. Uh, Brian, if you want to look that up while Jeff talks about his next one, it'd be cool to know what those reviews are. Sure. Uh, well, which one was that again? Uh, for Anchorman 1. Anchorman. Uh, Jeff, what was the? Uh, I kind of I'm gonna cut out that other part. So what was the? Sure. Um, so yeah, the film that Brian and I both enjoy, and I, I think and I don't know Tyler's exact thoughts on it, but I suspect that he does not enjoy it as much as we do. Is Clash of the Titans, the 2010 uh, Sam Worthington remake. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll be straightforward. There are parts of this film that aren't fantastic. There are things that I watch it and go, okay, sure. It's not, not the greatest moment. Like there's a point where uh, Sam Worthington is running from an enemy and he runs towards a boulder and he jumps off the boulder going backwards and hucks a front flip <laughs> and then turns around and fights the dude. And I'm just like, why didn't you just turn around? <laughs> like the front flip was so unnecessary. You know why. You know why. Because <laughs> it was awesome. Because the stunt guy was feeling a little ambitious that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, overall, like there are just some, some really cool moments in that film, and it's it's generally enjoyable. Um, Liam Neeson uh, plays Zeus in the in the role and uh, has some pretty epic deliveries of lines in that. Everyone remembers the trailers of Release the Kraken. Um, yeah, but uh, Tyler, how do you feel about the film? I I think it's fine. Um... I don't hate it. I haven't watched, I don't think I've ever rewatched it. It's, you know, typically even like, you know what it is? I think that that movie is just a movie. It, that, like, uh, that's it, full stop. It's just a movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Like, if it was, on, like, if I still had cable and there was nothing else on, I would put it on and, you know, look at my phone or read or something while it was on in the background or something, you know, or clean my house or some, just something, right? Um, so I don't have a problem with it, um, but I do quickly want to mention. Well, Brian, do you like it? Um, you know, it's funny because like, just to explain something you guys might hear come up a lot. Um, like I've said before, these two are a little overly critical of movies. I think they dive way into the nitty gritty sometimes when a movie doesn't call for it. Um, and I kind of had this running joke with Tyler for a while, while still do where he was just constantly critical of different films. And so I just started every time he was negative about a film, I would just like speak in opposition to him in his opinion. And I'd be like, no, 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 that's a top five film all time. And I had like, I don't know, 15 top five films 
where I just kept saying, no, that one's top five for sure, man. I don't you're know what you're talking about. probably somewhere in the hundreds right yeah, now. Yeah, and like it's just been a joke for the last decade or so where I've just been like, oh, that's the top five. That's the top five. No, that one's probably top three, honestly. Like that's that's way up there. And uh, this is one of those where I just made constant arguments for it. I will say, to be honest with you, if, if there were two interesting movies on and it was one of them, I would probably pick the other one because, like, I don't know. <laughs> An unnamed <I> <laughs> film? <laughs> yeah, I don't, whatever it is, I would probably pick the other one. Uh, hey, that was a weird way to say it, but my point to that is just – my only point to that is just it's – it's not a movie that I feel like watching like you need to watch a bunch of times or like or like that you get more out of on rewatches. I definitely get where if there's nothing else on or, or you're doing other stuff and you just need some background noise. I get that. But like like I like I personally don't have any desire to sit down and watch that. I think there's very similar movies that are better. Um, Which I do quickly want to bring up one that I thought of that I actually am very surprised by the reviews on this one. Um, Immortals. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of too. Like, if you have a choice between those two, put on Immortals. I think. But Immortals is forty-six percent critic, forty-eight percent audience. They pretty much both agree that this is a bad movie, and I still really like it. But I think maybe I just like Henry Cavill, and again, you you know, the three of us are pretty forgiving of sword and sandals war films, you yeah, know, and I would agree. this definitely by falls the, into that. By the way, speaking of ratings, uh, Anchorman one, um, just to cap this uh 67% by critics 86% audience score I agree with the audience score I think number one was hilarious and then number two 74% fresh rating by critics which is shocking to me audience <laughs> score dropped like 30 something points down to a 52% oh, man. so absolutely bombed uh with fans I thought it was terrible there were whole parts of the movie where I was like somebody give me the movie reel I'm gonna cut out about 30 minutes in different spots yeah. make this film much more bearable like the whole thing where he goes blind is just the stupidest thing I've ever seen I don't know and who, yells who was editing that over and, was like, and over again yeah I don't know who <laughs> was editing that was like this is gonna be freaking hilarious because well, that you know is the story, so unbearable to me you know the story right like Will Ferrell in an interview was like oh yeah like I was working on a movie over here and Adam McKay my writing partner was working on another movie over here when we got the green light so instead of like talking on the phone a lot and writing it we both just wrote separate scripts and our idea was that we would just pick out whichever one was better and then when we Dumb. read each other's scripts we decided that we liked each other's scripts too much so we just combined them and it's like Yes, that is very clearly what you did, Will Ferrell, yeah, and it dumb. was a bad choice. You made dumb. a very He's, bad decision. I really think that one was a somewhat of a downfall for him because that movie was terrible, and then he pumped out Sherlock Holmes or Holmes and Watson, which was objectively the worst movie of all time. Um, <laughs> man, he's had some stinkers late, lately, and I just kind of want to remember him for what he was. I liked Eurovision. Stuff. I thought Eurovision no, was pretty terrible. good. No, terrible. Stop it. Stop the, it. The only part Don't that I liked about... That. If your... one person listens to Eurovision because of what you just said, you should never be forgiven because that is terrible. <laughs> that is right up there with Holmes and Watson. I take it back. Holmes and Watson is objectively the second worst film. Eurovision's number one. Those are terrible films. There was only I one part it. of the entire Eurovision film that I that made me laugh, and that was when after at the end of the film where they win the competition, and they go back to their hometown, and they're like, do you guys want to hear the song that we won with? And they go, no, play the Ding Dong song again. <laughs> 
Yeah, the uh, only part of that was funny was when they she made a prayer to the elves to like let them into the competition, and then the ship blows up, and she's like, "Oh, that was way too far, you stupid elves!" or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that is kind of funny to think that the elves uh, snuck on and blew." Them I up. like how everyone keeps saying because his last name is Erickson and her last name is Eric's daughter, and they're like, "Oh, are you brother and sister?" And he just keeps going, "I don't know, we might be." And she's like, "We're not related." <laughs> Dude, it felt like they tried to make pitch perfect, but it wasn't funny. I, I mean, so they did that <laughs> twice because Pitch Perfect sucks too. I actually have seen all of the Pitch Perfect movies. The first I've only one seen is number fine. one, but it's fine. Yeah, it's number one. It's fine. fine. It's fine. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so that, that wraps up my list. I, I okay. don't have any others either. Uh, you, you got, you're done after? Yeah, you're done now, Josh? the Titans was the last one I had thought of. All right. I got one more that is probably the origination of the top five. Uh, you guys just reminded me of it. Um, Brian's top five joke. I think this is the first movie that he and I really had a big discrepancy and he thought I was overcritical of. Brian, can you guess what it is? No idea. It's King Arthur from 2004 with Clive Owen. You're nominating that as underrated now? I want you to tell me why it's underrated. Uh, no problem. I Honestly, <laughs> I think that film just speaks for itself, so I didn't mention it, but at the same time... It does um, not. Thirty-one percent from critics. You know what it does? It does what I just said. I wish Kingdom of Heaven had done, which was take all the really interesting warriors that I wanted to see more of, and let me watch them the whole film. Like it, the, I think it was a fascinating take on one of my favorite uh, classic literatures, which is everything surrounding King Arthur and his knights. Um, kind of thought the Merlin take was a little weird, but we'll just overlook that. Um, but at the same time, I thought the knights were fascinating i thought you know seeing their characters in a way of them being like sick of war and like how much like killing and fighting for so long no matter how good you are at it how much it weighs on the soul i thought was just really well done i thought overall the movie was really entertaining i it's one of those ones where don't go in thinking it's phenomenal but at the same time i, I find it enjoyable for what it is which is the knights swords you know battling enemies and they did a pretty good job with kind of diving into how war affects individuals. I mean, that, that was mainly what I wanted. I wanted to hear. I mean, I will say that it's very bad. Do not watch it. The critics got it right. Watch also, it. The, watch the it. audience score is 59%, so I'm not alone in that review. It's, watch it. It's not good. What, you said 69%? 59. Oh, that's a bad yeah. than I would have guessed. <laughs> to be honest I know that everyone else hates on it but you want to know when I knew that I was in love with my wife she said she loves that movie uh, she told me that really early on and I was like yep I'm marrying her <laughs> before wait really, before very, you showed it to her did you show it to her yeah, or she, like no, movie she, like she already watched Anna loved that movie before I ever met her and then she yeah. mentioned it really early on and was like yep we're locked down here let's just go ahead and get this wedding underway <laughs> so interesting Joe, finally met someone else that likes that movie what were you Jeff, say? how do you feel about? I, I like King Arthur. I, I think that uh, I, I don't really hate uh, anything about that film. You know, like obviously the whole Saxon take, you know, Keira Knightley, like it's not the choice that I would have made. Um, but I, I enjoy the majority of the fight scenes. I enjoy a lot of the casting. Like there's just some pretty solid moments in that film. Um, like I think it has a um, really what? Good. Okay. I, go I think that there's like really interesting uh, themes there as far as the whole concept of the Roman Empire uh, uh, indoctrinating all of these conquered people and these people are forced to serve the Roman Empire even though they've been conquered 
and they have this kind of resentment for this war that they're forced to fight on behalf of their conquerors. And so yeah. they show up to all these regions and they're like, oh, thank God, the Romans are here. Like, and they're just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the the worst part about it is making uh, uh, King Arthur uh, a Roman. I, I did not like that at all. I mean, he's supposed to be a Briton. That's like his whole I background. I didn't like that bringing all of his warriors from other conquered nations was very smart because it just kind of makes you feel bad about so, them. Like, why would they be the ones to defect, uh, protect England? So would you That's have strange. enjoyed the film if it was just about a Roman soldier and his and it was it wasn't no, about because I've seen that movie the centurion and that movie is also bad also I've seen the eagle with Channing Tatum and that movie is also bad and those are both about that um I do want to wrap this up uh and say that that movie's terrible no one should ever watch it um go watch it people go watch it are you from no, no, Rome no, no. oh real quick Stellan's interpretation of uh, Eric the Red or whatever but it's awesome. something else awesome Cedric. riveting riveting acting Go watch that it. actually is really good. I actually do like that part. Boom! Um, Lawyered. Uh, <laughs> go watch it, people. Let's end on that. Do, go watch do it. That. All right. Um, how do we wrap this up? Thank name, you. For name this listening. episode. Go watch King Arthur. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Do me uh, a favor. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll call it uh, most underrated movies of all time. Uh, parentheses. Go watch King Arthur. You're welcome. Um, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Clever Kids Pod. Um, Brian has a podcast called The Redraft where he talks about fantasy uh, football only or other sports, Brian? Uh, fantasy football. No, That's we it? Okay. We, sports, yeah. um, we should nail down a topic for next time, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, whose turn is it to pick? Jeff? Jeff's turn, yeah. Oh, uh, I thought it was going to be someone else's turn. Uh <laughs> Well, the, uh, as far as one of the things, let's just pick an actor and talk about their best films. Did you just pick one film and argue that it's that person's Ooh. best? So which actor like do you this. guys? Which actor do you guys want to talk about? Tom Cruise. No, I'm just kidding. How about, I was just how about Leo? About Mission Impossible. Leo. I think we're Are each going to have different different ideas. I mean, I think we're all going to love each of the films that we choose, but um, I'm only going to talk about what's eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> the movie where he famously went full, uh, as Robert Downey Jr. says, uh, full retard. Um, he should not have done that. I'm probably going to cut that line out. But <laughs> I'm probably not posting that on the internet. But all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you uh, throughout the week. Thanks, or guys. Next week or whatever. Thank all you. Right. Bye.